Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. That was a little start to Zeparella. We'll listen to that a little later on in the show. But standing by to kick off the show is writer, director, actress, and producer of Bardo Blues, Marsha Kempton. Good morning, Marsha. Hi. Good morning. Congratulations. I met you at the La Femme International Film Festival, and you won Best Director. It was amazing, especially because it's a festival that supports women. So, you know, getting any award always feels good. I've done enough spiritual studies to know that, you know, it is the ego, but it's also the recognition of working really hard in an industry, and women don't really have the opportunity in directing. So I was really honored. Oh, it's amazing. You know, um, before we get into this, how do you stay so positive? Because I know, you know, as a creative type that I am, and you are, you know, it is really hard. How did you stay so positive? Um, well, I, let me begin with the negative first. I definitely <laughs> suffered from depression. Yeah. Um, and I was convinced that even if it was in our family, mm-hmm. that the depression was getting way worse being in the entertainment industry. Sure. And I medicated absolutely with marijuana and alcohol and realized probably at a crisis point when my late-night show went off the air in San Francisco. I mean, I would go in and out because I was always on camera, so I'd have to look good, and so that would keep me from medicating too much. But once that went off the air and I was 30, yeah, 36 years old, and in Hollywood terms, you know, you're over with. Um, And I had always been extremely ambitious that basically the crisis point pretty much came a couple years later. I had already found yoga, but I hadn't found meditation to the degree that I have found it today. And I meditate every day, twice a day, and with a meditation master, Gary Springfield, sometimes, you know, for three hours a day, as crazy as that may seem. And then all of a sudden, the ups and downs weren't there. You could see that as much as you worked as hard as possible in this industry, especially as a woman and, like you said, as an artist, yes, that you could see that the only thing that had changed was your inner life mm-hmm. because the exterior life hadn't changed. I wasn't getting recognition. I wasn't getting the jobs that I wanted. But all of a sudden, I was a lot happier. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? It's like we find our center, and, we, and all that noise kind of goes away, and we know how to deal with things better. It sounds like you understand that. It sounds like you meditate. Uh you know what? I meditate in my own way. Like I go for these really long walks. I've been through some of my own stuff, very personal, gut-wrenching things. And I'll just, you know, just being in nature and just being by myself grounds me. Yeah, that's the walking meditation. Yeah. yeah. That's what, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about your film, Bardo Blues. How did this come about? Well, I had the idea about 12 years ago when I was studying Emanuel Swedenborg kind of in this crisis period, Mm -hmm. Uh, and he is a mystic from the 17th century who basically had an awakening in his 50s. He was this top engineer in Sweden. He was in the House of Nobles, and he all of a sudden saw Christ. And this doesn't mean that I believe in all religions and you don't have to necessarily study him and believe in Christ. But for him, the awakening from Christ was that we are the church, we are an internal church, and we choose if we want to go to heaven or hell. And that will determine where we go in our afterlife. So he wrote 
you know, hundreds and hundreds of books, uh, reanalyzed the book of Genesis, uh, basically finding the internal church, the church within. And in this crisis period that I was just talking about, knowing that I couldn't medicate anymore and that I really had to find a deeper spiritual sense, it, it appeared to me, wow, what could you do if you could do a movie about his book called Heaven and Hell? And mm. it, the idea came, but I didn't have the money. Okay. And so it gestated, it gestated, it gestated. And when my father passed, um, I did have a little bit of money, and I did one film, and it didn't get into one film festival. Oh. I have now just re-edited it down to 30 minute short, submitted to Sundance and Slam Dance, and it may now open Bardo Blues when it's in the theaters May 3rd. Great. So uh, it, when that film did nothing, and I am telling you, nobody looked at it. It was so heart-wrenching. Um, the environment and the film festivals was even more difficult because there weren't as many film festivals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know about La Femme, so maybe it would have gone in. It wasn't as good as this film. I decided to risk everything, and I um, basically put everything on the line uh, financially and went because I didn't have enough money. And I went to the writing partner I had been working for uh, with, actually, a long time, Anthony Taylor, and I handed him the script that I had written pretty much in 16 days. And, you know, it was terrible. (laughs) And he just, he made the script so good. Amazing. And, um, and And it, poses those questions about, you know, our choices of picking heaven and hell here as well as maybe there. Yeah. Was this cathartic for you to make? It was the greatest experience of my entire life, probably. You're supposed to say next to giving birth to your child. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you, the child is a great part. Giving birth is a whole other thing. <laughs> but it was it, it was giving birth to a movie. Yes. And it was a movie that I had envisioned for a long time. But it, what, what it really was giving birth to is me at my finest artistry. Once I knew that I was fully an artist, I always knew I was. Mm-hmm. But And I had done a lot of great work that hadn't been recognized or, you know, from my perception, great. Maybe the world doesn't think it's great. But, you know, you're the standard. You're the one that decides if it's good enough. This sure. was that I had finally done everything I had dreamed. And I had written it, and then Anthony Taylor rewrote it. I directed it, but of course I had help from my cinematographer, who was brilliant, Justin McAleese, and Mark Haining, who was the acting coach for my lead actor. And then I also you know, acted in it, because that was one of my dreams. And then I produced the entire thing, and I am not trying to brag, without an assistant until on set. And at one point, I thought I was losing my mind. And the only reason I didn't have an assistance is I didn't have enough money. Of course. Of course. I remember your acceptance speech. I mean, it's a labor of love, and you wore a lot of hats. But I loved every one of them, I will say. If anything, acting is my least favorite. But I, I like acting. It's just it's so much pressure, and you have to be so relaxed. And it, it, it's, you, know, you have to think about how you look. But I wanted yeah. to communicate this role of Gabriel, and I knew that there was no other actor out there, even if I could afford every actress, I knew that I wanted to communicate her, because I wrote it for myself. Yes, so you know what you want to convey. Yeah, exactly. So, Marsha, could you give us a brief synopsis of uh, what it's about? Well, it is about a man looking for something, 
in Thailand. And um, I'm not going to give the ending away, which is the biggest surprise okay. of all, but I can give away that you find out he's looking for his mother. All right. But in the end, he's actually looking for something very different than his mother. And his last memories were that his mother had abandoned him and his brother in Thailand. And I chose Thailand just because I loved it so much, and uh, it was Buddhist, mm -hmm. and I wanted that kind of background. I also thought it would be less expensive, and that wasn't the case. There were certain things like the hotel yeah. was it, and food, but other things were just as expensive. And this is just a great story, if I may divert. I am mm -hmm. on my way to Thailand to get uh, locations and do casting. Okay. And I, in order to work with the Thai government, you have to have a producer lined up. Yeah. And so I've, you know, I've been trying to find the least expensive producer <laughs> to do all the, you know, the paperwork. Sure. And I'm taking the cheapest flight out of New York City to go to Finland. Mm -hmm. And in Helsinki, he says, you know what, I decided I don't want to be the producer. <laughs> Oh, come on. I, I, I'm in Helsinki. You can't do this. And no. we're filming in six months. Right. I, mean, we, I did the whole movie in eight months. Uh, you know, From beginning to the end of production, you know, and then you, you know, your editing took a lot longer. So I said, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm sorry, you're being too demanding. <laughs> and I'm thinking all I'm asking him to do is line up, you know, some actors and exactly. help me find the location. Right. I decided to cold call every producer in Thailand, not knowing I've called the producer of The Hangover. Oh, okay? you're kidding. Oh, he funny. hears my story. Mm -hmm. I don't even know who he is. I'm just like, I tell him my story. Uh -huh. He feels so bad for me. He said, I'll meet you when you get off. I'll meet you at the hotel, and we'll discuss it. So he meets me at the hotel, and he brings someone else, a lovely lady, Thai producer along. And he mm -hmm. says, okay. You know, what's your budget? I said, 60000 okay. He said, Marsha, I get paid $60,000 a day. <laughs> oh, no. So he referred me to someone else, and that person didn't hang up the phone on me. And the next thing you know, I was getting locations, and I got a great, you know, line producer. And Perfect. came back two months later, flew all the way back, you know, to get uh, the casting done, and then flew all the way back a third time three months later to shoot the film. Oh. Now, the film opens in May, correct? Yes, and the only reason it's opening in May is because I don't have enough money to put it out there. And we decided, yeah. well, there's two things. Uh, this, the lead character is based on my brother, who, which I, it, let me tell you, when I was writing it, I kind of knew it was based on him. Okay. By the end of the movie, it was very strange that it evolved, that it really was him. But right. my brother was a great artist, and he was suffering from mental illness. And, mm -hmm. and it... It, it, it's also about me because it's the decline of he had a much more serious mental illness of schizophrenia. I was suffering depression, but I could see how I could decline into mental illness if I didn't get into yoga and meditation as an artist. So right. it's, it's based on both of us, but I didn't quite realize that until the end of the film, which was interesting because I had created this character. But what I was going to say about that is that the – when we went to film for those 16 days, mm -hmm. right, okay. in Thailand, under no money and under incredible pressure, I absolutely felt uh, the divine presence of something uh, every day. Like, it was almost Amazing. magic. Yeah. We had so much pressure to do 
in, you know, a 16-hour day and get it all shot in 16 days in Thailand. So by the time I came back, I didn't have enough money to finish it. So I pushed it back three days, three months, not knowing. I'm doing the same thing. We were going to launch it in October digitally because it was World Mental Health uh, Week and Day. But I realized if I could put it in the theaters, I had a better chance of getting on video on demand and more of the word out there, getting better interviews, getting better reviews. And I, I was planning on next May, which is the month of mental illness month, okay. uh, to put it in 10 theaters. But I keep on doing the numbers, and we're back down to three. And we uh-huh. have a distributor, a wonderful well, distributor, good. Freestyle, but they're not paying for it. They're yeah. just helping me distribute it. Right. Well, I mean, this was a huge undertaking, you know, and uh, and then you went through a whole bunch of personal stuff in the process. Yes. In the process, uh, my brother, who was the sole investor, uh, ended up committing suicide. And mm. uh, he had battled mental illness for, you know, 20 years in and out of hospitals, done the medication. He did everything right. He self-medicated with alcohol, but, I mean, I completely understood because... Right. And he he battled voices every day, sometimes 12 at one time. And he was my best friend. So, you know, finishing the movie uh, and dedicating it to him was so important. But it was also extremely difficult after he passed. And I I find that two years later, it's the first time I really can feel like um, it's not totally bittersweet. You know, I just feel like he must be in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hope. I always find it so beautiful how people make art out of tragedy and, and pain. And, and this is, you know, like a, a beautiful gift, in a sense, t- to your brother. Yeah. I mean, I, he's the only person I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to believe the message is uh, that he is seeing it and that we are eternal. I really do believe that that is the message that I got out of not only my own film, but this experience, you know, obviously I can't <laughs> prove it, and I don't want to die right. to prove it. Yeah. But that's what I feel. I mean, and you talk about tragedy. I mean, Vincent Van Gogh was one of the greatest artists of all times, and he had so much tragedy. And who would have ever thought his paintings would, you know, be selling for hundreds of millions later? Exactly. My brother is a great artist, so his book will come out with the film. Oh, good. Uh, because that's one of the last things he left was, you know, a book of all his art. And I've got his art on the wall as well. Well, I would love to have you back on. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up. But um, the website is bardoblues.com, correct? Yes, okay. exactly. All and right. then if people sign up, you know, I don't like social media, but I have to do it. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram, they'll be aware of what rewards we're getting. They can see the trailer. And then, of course, we'll you know, be announcing when the film comes out Perfect. digitally as well as in the theaters. Excellent. Well, congratulations. And again, I'd love to have you back on. Marsha Kempton, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for interviewing me. Oh, I loved it. And I enjoyed meeting you, even if it was briefly. So if you're ever in L.A., <laughs> let me know. <laughs> okay, thank okay. you. Talk to you have soon. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. That was writer, director, actress, and producer uh, Marsha Kempton. She's a recent winner at the La Femme International Film Festival. She won Best Director for her film, Bardo Blues. Uh, we are going to take a mini break, and then I have a wonderful guest uh, standing by to call in, and we'll be back in just a moment.